step onto a world where there's no one left but the very best no MC can test yes yes y'all you don't stop Bree Scarborough what's up not a whole lot welcome Welcome aboard, people. This is episode 71. This is the Option Podcast. Today, along with Bree Scarborough, I am Jason DeBeas. And before we got on the air, we were talking about the nice guys and nice girls of beach volleyball. Who'd you say? You said Aurora Davis? Number one, for sure. Hands yeah. down. <laughs> oh, my number one's John Mayer. I gotta go with John. That's male or female. I gotta go with John Mayer because... You can't say a mean thing about the guy. You can't. I mean, look, we've lived on this earth long enough that if you dig really deep, um, you can find someone's worst moment, right? <laughs> right. You could take. You could take everybody's. Take all their worst moments and just like cut out all the good stuff and, and just use those worst moments as a straw man argument and be like a little player hater, right? But with that being said, you're not gonna find anything on John. <laughs> I think Aurora, I think the worst thing she does is go, dang, and that's it. <laughs> oh, see, see, she's cut off. She's canceled. She just said, dang, canceled. canceled. I know. Yeah. I ain't trying to hear it. Oh, man. So, Brie, how, yes, how long have you and Brie, been, uh, um, you and um, Aurora Davis mm -hmm. have been playing? How long have you guys been playing together? God, we played three, three years together. Yeah, 20... 2016 season through 2018. Wow. I think at one point they announced it was the longest run of partnership play together in the AVP. I think it still is. Wow, dude. Ooh, yeah. there it is. Since Was that since 2016? Yeah, since 2016, because that's when I first started playing AVP. Get, and you got... For the people listening at home, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bree Scarborough, okay? She's an indoor turned beach volleyball transient that just got it figured out right away. In fact, if memory serves me correctly, she got Rookie of the Year in 2016 by the nominee, MVP. Nominee. Kelly Reeves took it that year. Kelly Reeves? Rightly so. <laughs> I think she had like three fifth place finishes that year or something like that. <laughs> She had Allie McCulloch, though. Come on. I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on Aurora Davis. But <laughs> Allie was already a vet. I mean, wasn't Allie, was, was Allie not already a vet coming in, you know? So, That's I mean, That's I ain't trying to look. I'm not trying to make rationalizations with lurking variables. That's not how I do. I'm it was well-deserved, Kelly Reeves. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, big up to her, man. I ain't, I'm, I'm not a, I'm a hater sometimes, but not when it comes to that. <laughs> I'm actually just trying to find a way to share this while I'm having this conversation with you. I want to share it on, it's on NYVRCD Sports for everybody listening live, but I want to see if I get this on my wall. Put this on my Reeves. volleyball wall. Yes. Yeah, Let's no, I'll do a share. I, nope, I'm, okay. I'm not a, I'm you a share hater then. sometimes, but no one <laughs> you do it. that. Um, I'm actually just trying to find a way to share this while I'm having this conversation. All right, there we go, I just turned that off. So Brie, <laughs> Let's turn the back the clock back. Let's turn the clock way back. In fact, let's oh, let's yeah. turn the clock back before beach volleyball. Let's okay. turn the clock back to indoor volleyball. Let's turn the clock back before you played at Washington um, at the American University, and you, I believe you transferred to um, school in Florida, South Florida, right? Yep. University of South Florida. Was that just for your senior year, or uh, two years, or what was what was going on with that? So it would have been junior spring, and then all of my senior year. Nice. Cool, yeah. man. 
Yeah. Hey, listen, D1, Sweet 16, right? Mm-hmm. 2013. Um, cool. I remember that team well. I'm an East Coast guy. I, I moved. Um, I was, I'm a native New Yorker, so I've, I've lived in New York until 2000, I guess Christmas 2015, basically January, New Year's 2016 here. We um, we drove across country. We we, we got in and we took 10 days, saw the Elvis Mansion, you know, Grand Canyon, Vento Vegas. Well, so. Good opportunity for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a New Yorker, I could probably do it in 42 hours by myself. But but let's, um, <clears throat> what got you into volleyball? I was actually just talking about it today with my speed coach. It was, um, it was a funny story because I was in uh, middle school and my best friend at the time, uh, she didn't want to go to tryouts. Her mom loved beach volleyball, loves, you know, indoor volleyball all nine. And she didn't want to go to tryouts. I was like, I'll go with you. Had no intention of playing. Um, I think she didn't make the team, but I did. And then uh, sat the bench. I think, no, the first year we did both didn't make it. And then we made it. The, I made it the next year. She didn't. So it was just. Yeah, that's just, where it began. Just kept going. <laughs> did you play a middle blocker come uh, coming up or cutting your teeth? Oh gosh. Um, well, obviously, all through high school, um, I played. My mom had to drag me to tryouts for high school ball, which was fun. But um, played middle, obviously, because I was the the big kid. But middle and then right side. Yeah, for me, I always say any middles that don't want to play middle anymore that middles that want to play let's just say middles want to play outside hitter yeah. i always tell them spend a year opposite first get get um acclimated to you know maybe third person receive depending on the system get you know get acclimated don't just don't just jump straight in on having to be the first or second best passer on the court or you know and then out of system dealing with triple blocks as opposed to in system dealing with these one-on-ones and sometimes double teams and this and that. Cause a lot of people wash their careers wash out when they, you know, when these guys make the transition from out, very rarely do I see an outside hitter. I mean, um, a middle trans trans, you know, translate to, to outside right away. I say spend mm-hmm. a year oppo. Hard. Yeah. Well, especially if you've trained a middle arm, yeah. you've lost your outdoor arm, your outside arm anyways. So, no because you know, Bill's like super choppy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, opposite yeah, was great. Yeah, Oppo's good because uh, I guess depending on your system in men's volleyball, and, I, and I'm sure you co signed with me on this. In men's volleyball, the opposite is supposed to be the best, usually traditionally, is the best offensive player on the huh. team. Those are the ones that turn lemons. I'll take into, that. Those are the ones. Those are the ones. <laughs> let me tell you something. Those are the ones that turn lemons into lemonade. Those are the ones I gotta, they got to take out the trash. So, um, and when I played in Germany, oh my God, I wanted to play opposite so bad, but the opera yeah. was like six, nine dude from Puerto Rico. And I, and honestly, I was just happy to start. So, and I'm also yeah. left-handed. So I was left-handed oh, playing, nice. I was left-handed playing left side and didn't know that that it costs your shoulder nothing. <laughs> Playing left side, left left handed, it costs your shoulder nothing. It's awesome. And then in '92, I ran into an Olympic coach, an Olympic coach named Mario Trebich. He was a head coach at the Netherlands. I was mm-hmm. in Barcelona actually. I was in the the army at the time, and I was also playing in Germany. And he's like, "You should set. You're six one. You're left handed. My wingspan six eight. So." That's quite a big difference. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, I'm a walking group hug. So, I spent, <laughs> yeah, it's, I spent a lot of time just setting, and be, eventually just became a setter. But, mm-hmm. but for you, 
So when you made so when you made the Sweet Sixteen, did you um, did you play middle? Um, I played mostly middle that year. Didn't play a whole lot that season. Um, we had a, a really good setup, and it was mostly uh, who, Brie. Who can you go in for the right side or the middle if something goes wrong? So right. that's how that kind of turned out. But oh, that's that okay. depth. I had a lot of depth. <laughs> yeah. I was the coach. <laughs> oh geez trust me I, i've I don't i'm know, an I extra think, cheerleader honestly yeah I, honestly i've always been a coach even mm-hmm. even like the teams i wasn't the best player every there was one of these things where i had this gift with just being on the court and if i touched the ball five times mm-hmm. we won you know i didn't i didn't need you know what I'm saying? I didn't 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 need didn't need to be the center of attention. Didn't this whatever? And of course, Bria, as you know, you're a good player. You're gonna be. There's gonna be some teams where you're the best player on. And there's gonna be some teams where, um, no, you're the best player on every team you're on. So <laughs> uh, I get carried plenty. <laughs> Are you from Florida originally? Yes, Sarasota native, born and raised. Nice, good for you. Do you know I've never been to Florida? That's really depressing. <laughs> It is. And you know why it's depressing? Because everybody who I fell in love with on the beach scene, like mm-hmm. all of my favorite people mm-hmm. are, are, are Floridian transplants or, or, or like you born on Razor. Like, I love mm-hmm. me some Dave Palm. I, lo- I love me some Rafa Rodriguez, right? Oh, Rafa. You know, um, I don't think <laughs> he's another nice guy, too. <laughs> yeah. I actually trained with him a lot um, um, when you won rookie, the year you won rookie. I was helping him and Kevin McCullough. I didn't win. Kelly Reeves won. Yeah. I was, but. yeah, no, I was there when um, him and Kevin McCullough qualified. Then they lost the first round and then they won five, 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 five straight matches in the contenders bracket. So um, I helped. That was in New York, right? No, that was in Manhattan Beach. Okay. Yeah. New York's New York's been kind of a, 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 a up and down ride for you, right? For you, third time was a charm for qualifying, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, the that sounds so damn cool. depressed. <laughs> uh, no, because our our first year, I think um, it was a tough year because Aurora had come off of a really good season with Kelly Schumacher. And then um, I was kind of like the baby you took a chance on. And, um, but then, you know, we, we proved to do well. And when we did qualify for that final New York, um, it was, God, it was, it was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. It was like three, three set matches, each one of them. And we had three of them to, to get in and it was dark and I think we played Corinne Quiggle and Therese Cannon to get in and that was <laughs> that was amazing because yeah. it was it was a great game but it was exhausting <laughs> yeah you you qualified in uh I remember you qualified in 2018 um mm-hmm. like I said third time's a charm and mm-hmm. it's so cool because I look at some of these qualifiers and we we affectionately refer to as the gladiator pits <laughs> right it is it is if if someone can cut your throat in the tent <laughs> so they don't have to play the extra match <laughs> you Especially on the men's side yeah oh my god yeah. the men's has been so deep dude i actually played in one qualifier once just 
because I wanted to play in one before I got too old. And you're like, nah, this ain't for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was 47 when I did Manhattan Beach. I was 47 when I did Manhattan Beach, so yeah. I know. It, it, I tell you, at any age, it's tough. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like you said, gee. <laughs> so have you done um, co uh, color commentating for maybe on a local level? Or no, but I've had requests too, so I might have to start doing some of that. <laughs> you have the you have the voice. Oh, well, thank you. You have um what what I call a uh, a female athletic dude voice, <laughs> like the girl the girls who could sound, yeah. you know kind of sound like Pam like Pam Shriver from like tennis, you know like if come on if listen if Pam oh, Shriver did no. like a, a Rambo movie she'd be awesome. Let's evacuate <laughs> these bitches. <laughs> come on, right? Um, <laughs> Go ahead. What are you gonna say? So, so um, for Halloween, my sister and I were Cheech and Chong, right? So we have the whole facial hair. You know who Cheech and Chong yeah, is, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. So we have the big must. I have the big mustache, anyways. So I'm having a beer, and this guy comes up to me and he goes, "How do you like your mustache?" And I was just like, "Well, it's kind kind of hard to drink my beer with." I was like, "I've never done that before. It's kind of gross." And uh, he looks at me and he's like, you really got this whole thing going on. You know, with that deep voice you got. And I was like, sorry, bro, that's my voice. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> slides out of the frame, you know. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, really, Emma gets a kick out of that. And I think just about everyone gets, gets a, a kick out of that story. He's like, oh, sorry. I mean, I, I really like it. It's nice, but. Dude, look, if you. If you're sitting in the spot and you're chilling and then someone's interested in you and you're not interested in them, like, all you got to do is go, I've been watching you. <laughs> like, I'll be back. I got to use the bathroom. In fact, I think I already did. <laughs> Usually my laser vision will get them first. <laughs> I'll tell you a cool story. I worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years for this um, famous doctor. Uh, it's kind of like this doctor of the stars. And mm -hmm. Lauren Bacall, who was one of our patients, you want to talk about deep voices, um, old school black and white actress. Mm -hmm. The receptionist is like, she's, she pages me. She's like, Jason, can you pick up for a second? I'm like, yeah, what's up? She's like, look, there's this guy on the other line that's really mad at me. And he only wants to talk to someone that knows him. Okay. I'm like, oh, sure. I can do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the vet here. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, Hey, how can I help you, sir? And she's like, it's Lauren Bacall. And I'm just like, oh. I'm like, Betty, Betty, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no. What are you going to do? It happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, those are the, I don't mean to, to stereotype or categorize, but those are the the most powerful personalities. The girl, the girls I met that walk into a room and like men know how to behave, <laughs> they snap to or whatever, they get up. Those are the ones, coinc uh, coincidence or whatever, I don't know the signs behind it, but mm. you're an endangered species, <laughs> you know? You don't, girls like you don't exist anymore. That, that kind of power yeah. woman that a lot of women uh, pretend to be so they can get respect, but there's, then there's some people who are just are, and I think uh, um, it is my strong suspicion you just you just are like. 
I appreciate yeah. that. But look who, look who I just <laughs> mentioned. Like Ingrid Bergman, um, look, Lauren Bacall, um, Sophia Loren, like all of them had kind of this deep, deep, deep little, and all of these, again, I don't know if you watch black and white films, but all of these are that kind of woman that would, you know, walk into a room that them and Doris Day and Humphrey Bogart, they all get the same respect across. <laughs> it's a unispe unisex respect across the board. Yeah. Well, I I enjoy the deep voice because it like you said it it's also easier to hear. So, I work in a hospital with a lot of older patients, right? So, my normal voice is very easy to understand. Mm. <laughs> so, and coincidentally, one of the occupational therapists that I work closely with, she um has has almost all of her hearing gone, but she's like, "I just love working with you cuz I can actually hear you." <laughs> So we'll be in a room talking to a patient and she'll look at me and she'll be like, what'd she say? <laughs> oh my God. So that's the field you work in? What, what? That's the field you work in, physical therapy? Yes. Yes, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. That's right. And you know what? I'm going to call you doctor, okay? Because there's a whole lot of bullshit going on. Oh, can we call this person doctor? Can we call that person doctor? I'm like, dude, just because you're not educated enough to, to interpret what the difference between an MD and, an MD and what, what classifies as a doctor doesn't mean someone shouldn't call themselves doctor. All right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry you got a third grade education and they chose to pursue their PhD. What's your PhD in? It's not a PhD. It's a medical doctorate. So it's okay. like a chiropractic. Okay. So you're an MD. Mm -hmm. No. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, I get, no, I get it. I'm an okay. idiot. Sorry. Like a chiro. So you're a doctor of chiropractic. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. There it is. There it yeah. is. Right. Mm -hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King. They're going to stop. They ain't going to stop calling him doctor. <laughs> right. So a musician who, you know, who taught me how to play piano turned out to be a pedo. Dr. Raymond Elliott Brock. He's a doctor of music. <laughs> so, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what you get. You signed you up. You could probably go on. Yeah, I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to listen. No, this good. Is healthy good. distribution of people. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let people talk too. <laughs> no, no, I'm just not as educated in that realm. Yeah. So I, I couldn't list them off like you could. So, <laughs> oh my God, as uh, I can go all day. Jeez. So as a general, does your field? How much, okay, this is how I'm gonna ask. Does mm -hmm. what you do for a living at all influence or change the way that you physically prepare for a matches? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, preparation is huge and, um, you know, planning days in advance, how you're gonna train, weeks in advance, how you're gonna train. Um, I've been, you know, Olympic weightlifting since I was 15 years old, you know, so I, I know, what my body is capable of and how I can recover and working and training and all those things and knowing, you know, and I've been training with one of my best friends, Jessica Wilson. We train in my gym here at home and, you know, we just, we do a lot of what I call priming. Um, we do uh, cardio and we do mobility stuff. And then we go into what I call priming rounds for whatever we're working out that day. So it, I mean, it definitely helps. I have, a strict dynamic and cool down workout and you know it's it's very much you know organized which is what i what i love so <laughs> god it really helps it really pays, pays to do something you love doesn't it god, oh. so nice yeah i 
was on a previous podcast, I was talking to dif- about the difference between a job and a career. And Chris Rock, you know, was talking about the difference. He's like, when in a career, you can't get to work soon enough. There's not enough hours in the day. He says, but when you have a job, <laughs> you get there, nine o'clock, you look at your watch, it's still nine o'clock. You like, the hell is wrong with this thing? <laughs> 859, 859, did it just go backwards? <laughs> so, so yeah, so I wish, <clears throat> I mean, Brie, I wish everybody that kind of happiness. I really, really do. I, 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 it's so hard to find and most people don't yeah. because most people are fine with settling for, for something that pays well or, you know, and, and it's okay, you know, um, they just do it to to pay for whatever lifestyle they want and they find their happiness elsewhere. But I was lucky enough to find something that I have a huge passion for, which is health, um, fitness. Um, I really love motivating and educating people about their bodies because it's amazing how much people do not know. And when they feel that they've been educated and they understand the buy-in is so much easier. Um, so if you can find a way and I love it, you know, it's similar to coaching, you know, find how to make athletes buy in. Yeah, that's, that's very, very big. That's, and and mind you, we're not even talking about the psychological and mental preparation. We're just, we're just talking about the physical part, you know, Mm -hmm. like, again, like I told you before, I worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years. And the only reason why I even stayed that long was because one, the guy I worked for was turned out to be like a father figure. We we liked each mm-hmm. other right away. And and he was always one of these guys that was saying, I'd re- you should always regret doing something than, um, rather, rather than regret not doing it. Like, I wanted to go back to school and finish. You know, I served mm-hmm. in the military. I went to Hunter College for a cup of coffee. Didn't study mm-hmm. anything. Studied volleyball. You know, <laughs> dropped out. But I wanted to go back to school for theater. And he's like, if you want to do it, go do it. You know, then I'm like, I, know, yeah. I, I need to audition. If you want to audition, go audition. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I think I want to coach NCAA full-time instead of part-time. If you want to do it, do it. So he was he was always that kind of guy where he was like, just do it and regret doing it. Then then it, it, it always hurts less than it does with regret not doing it that's painful and that stays with you for a long fucking time so so um yeah he passed away last year 91 years old lived a long 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 life he went his old yeah he's um his name is rosenfeld he was um he had his own show called house calls you know fox um so he was very big just like you on general nutrition and health Mm -hmm. and physical preparation he wrote a book called doctor what should i eat um, okay. which helps, which uses foods for, for your um, physical and mental ailments instead of um, medications mm-hmm. and drugs. He also wrote a book called Rosenfeld's Guide to Alternative Medicine, which mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of doctors do, but when you're like a millionaire and you're not addicted to money, you, sooner or later you just start doing the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't do it because you're sponsored by Pfizer or whatever and this and that or because they're paying you to talk, you know? Yeah, sooner or later, right? You just you just tell the truth. <laughs> you become candid yeah. with the people. But yeah. um, so you were gonna say something. Truth. <laughs> there it is. She's it's not the best. One. See, she's not the best color woman in the league for nothing. <laughs> no, it it you know, and we I've had a conversation with you know with many people because I'm I'm very blunt and very forward and sometimes it comes off bitchy right but um for me truth is 
and pre Lima put it best of anybody because one of the girls that we train with, um, she was just like, Brie, like, I just don't get it. You know, like you're willing to hurt somebody's feelings in order to like do something. I was like, but the truth means more to me than making you feel good about something. No doubt. No doubt. So, but I mean, I try to do that in everything. Like I tell my patients all the time, like I have no, like I'm only here for you. It doesn't do me any good if we sugarcoat anything, but you know, and, and that's, I think that's the best thing because you get to see people's true colors and I don't have a job that allows me to be me. So that's good. Actually, (laughs) I think I had some video of Priya as well. She's the best. She's awesome. Shout out to her. Her birthday is in two days. (laughs) What? Tell her happy 23. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's you and Aurora. But Mm -hmm. I definitely had some stuff on. This is you and Aurora again. This is, wow, that was nice. Just, just leave the line open for me, please. Yeah, I know. You take it all day. <laughs> right? In addition to the high reach, too. Right there it is again. Boom. Leave you a little bit. Don't even leave you a lot. Just leave, just leave me the line. Yeah. Give me an inch. I'm going to take a yard. <laughs> so I like what you said about telling the truth. Because mm-hmm. to quote Jesse Ventura, if you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. And that's 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 True. on another level. But mm-hmm. I think there's something liberating about self-honesty, being so um, I'm not just honest with other people, because people come to you and your profession. You have to tell them the truth that you're not doing your job. Um, honesty with self is a bigger demon to conquer than it is honesty with other people. Right. Because you're not bitchy because you're honest with yourself. Who, who, who the hell calls himself bitchy for being honest with himself? Right. No, it has to be it has to be tough love. It has to be brutal honesty with other people. So I totally told as a New Yorker. As a kid from Brooklyn, we get along as a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah, it's no surprise we get along. We, I mean, well, for New, New York and I said this to Angel. Um, Dacia, he was on a previous podcast. Another nice guy. Since we listen off nice people, um, maybe we should just do dickheads, man. That might be a shorter list, right? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. All right, I don't I'm, know about that, but <laughs> look, I'll do that on my own time, man. I ain't trying to take you down with me, okay? <laughs> yeah. Now, for me, if I have a peeve, I already, I already said it, and there's nothing I'm gonna say to somebody on a podcast or behind their back that I have not. Or will not, or did not already say to them, you know. This is true. Like, like Kevin Barnett, I'm not a big fan of his his beach vo- uh, color commentary. All right, um, indoor, no, the man's god. In indoor, the man is god. He takes you on his journey and he educates you on these international players you know nothing about, and you and you and you take the journey with him. But I don't know. Maybe he was paid to like be funny or something. Man, he's and never mind. Don't even get me started. But anyway, what I was trying to say was. Where I'm from, if we don't like you, we're not we're not going to be dicks about it, but we're not going to pretend to like you. We're not True. going we're not going to go, you know, like oh my god, I haven't seen you in a long time. No, nah, but there's a general respect, like hey, what's good? How you doing? And then br- say hi and then break. <laughs> okay, so so do you have a mean side on the court? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I I've had multiple people tell me they're like. You know you're a really nice person. Yeah. Weird. You got your, you got your game <laughs> but, face, right? But normally, you know, it's 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 all all game on the court. You know what I mean? It's it it's either going to be you or it's going to be me, and I'm hoping it's going to be me and not you. So. 
<laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, here's something. Here's 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 you jump serving <laughs> trying to hit the ref. <laughs> Let's do that again. I gotta see that again. The ref's like, whoa. <laughs> do that again one more time oh one more time God. allow me to introduce myself my name is Bree. <laughs> like that's for that no touch call <laughs> look at look, look he reaches for his pocket calling me in the net <laughs> i was like you know what let me look at clips of Bree before i get on this podcast and that's gold right there yeah that was great <laughs> that was um that was fivb you played betsy and um Emily Day, um, and I, I remember that that match did not go well. I think you got beer game the second set, and I can only listen. I can only hit you with this brutal honesty because I have the ability to bring it, it back. Like in New York, if I remember in New York, you you actually beat them first round, the same we year. Took it to them. Yes. We didn't just beat them. We took them to them. And that, that's the reason why I brought it up. Are there? I guess my question is: I'm going the Kanye West route. Like, what the hell is he talking? <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? To, oh my God, he's a genius. Um, <laughs> so my question is: Are there certain losses that leave a bad taste in your mouth where you're like, next time I play this team, I gotta make this happen? Every team that you lose to. That's my girl. Every team. I I know it. there are certain teams that you go back and forth with. Like, I know Aurora and I never got a win on, um, oh, uh, I, God, Gina and Benny. We never got a win on them, but it was always a freaking bloodbath. And then back and forth with Emily and Betsy. And then it was a back and forth with, um, with Kelly Reeves and, and uh, Brittany. And... Um, God, it was just, you know, and, and we love it. Like the harder the team, the, the, the more excited we always got. And, you know, and I make it a point, you know, what, what could I have done better? That that's going to be the last time you beat me, or you're going to have to do it a heck of a lot better job the next time. Yeah. That is the competitor in you that allows you to play for a long, long time. In fact, I don't, I don't, I see you playing until the nurses wheel you out. it's, It's like push harder. Fine. I'll get out. Sit down. I'll, I'll, I'll push, you know? Yeah. For, I think for certain players and I speak for myself, for me, if losing to someone wasn't personal, um, then yeah. it was time for me to stop playing, <laughs> you know, oh, takes, sure. takes me, takes me too long to get back up. And for, and from a physical thing, if there's certain things that I'm not able to do that I'm, that I'm good at that bring me to the table, yeah. um, that I just, for me, I just don't want to play. Everybody's like, Oh, you can play, you know, lower level here. I'm just, that's not the competitor in me doesn't do that. Everyone's like, Oh, Jason, you must be playing beach every weekend. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm yeah. not. Unless I have a, a certain group of people. Because right now for double A, like I'm fifty this year, but but the guys that play double A, I'm better than all of them and I'm not I'm not good enough to play open. So right now I'm in the, I'm in this tweener stage where I'm I'm not gonna play at all. Um I actually enjoy training. I trained with um um Oz Borges last okay. weekend. Oz um Rob D. Aurora, Rob McLean, um and um okay. Gus, who's um uh Dane's assistant at USC. Gustavo is also another nice guy. Oh my God. Yes, he is. Cute ass (laughs) kids too, man. Yeah. But, um, but honestly I get more, um, more out of training with certain people than I do playing, playing, you know, just 
random games but it, but like but it depends you know because like i said when i was getting it in i really enjoyed playing against rafu and kevin we went to temecula california i invited rob mclean with me and we played king at the end you know um out of respect for everybody's privacy i'm not gonna tell you who won king because like you know when people train we don't we don't we don't air that stuff but i but i will tell you that rob mclean um he played like LeBron James. You know how like LeBron James plays basketball like he doesn't have his contract? Like he doesn't have a the guy plays like he doesn't have a contract. That's how Rob McLean came out because he he just moved there too and he didn't know anybody and and my yeah. partner from Manhattan Beach couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. You know? And Rob's like, I'll go. So So Bree, um we talked a little bit about the physical part. Um yeah. How much time do you spend outside of the gym? Um, maybe dunes, maybe stairs, maybe um, I don't know if you like. You're one of those people that like to run. I mean, I'm not like one of those not people. That yeah, <laughs> one of those people. <laughs> God. So, um, what do you do? And I'm still talking about physical because we didn't get to psychological yet. What do you? What else do you do physically? to prepare maybe let's talk about general nutrition too okay um what you're playing a weekend tournament let's say you're playing big shots all right you know and, mm-hmm. and you're always there at the end for big shots and i know clearwater you were in the, in the semis right you played um you played my homies in the semifinals um nuss and um um Terry. yeah good team good new team man um great team so you know it's a two-day tournament what do you eat the night before so we're talking Friday night. Um, I have already been preparing the beginning of the week for hydration. <laughs> but um, gosh, what is my go-to? I like a lot of rice. Um, pastas tend to be a little bit too heavy for me, but mm. rice is my go-to. Mm. Um, rice, chicken, try to get a green in there. I'm not a huge fan of the greens. It's really tough for me. <laughs> but um yeah, just trying to eat as, as much as I can without overdoing it. Light on the sugar that we do, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For me, my favorite food the night before a tournament was like a veal parmesan hero and a, and a slice with spinach. That's all the carb loading I needed. Um, mm-hmm. Bow tie pasta. My, my, my boss, who's a cardiologist, said bow tie <laughs> pasta. Uh, was bow tie is the best, though. Is it not the best shape of pasta? Yeah. It's the best shape and and it's the best carb load preparation for tournaments. Um, but for me, like if I if I have a hero or something like that, um, make, I always make sure my bread is toasted, um, assuming it's white, um, which I don't eat a lot of, a lot of white bread anymore. And um, yeah, toasted is a better uh, carbohydrate breakdown if you toast your bread. My boss wrote that in his book as well. Interesting. Um, yeah. Hey, check it out. Doctor, what should I eat, man? You know, for me, like, if I want iron, I don't take iron pills. I eat spinach, raw spinach, or I eat red meat. If I want, you know, yeah. if I want uh, a fat burner, you know, mm-hmm. avocado of California, you know, avocado is the best, even far from mm-hmm. my favorite. Dark chocolate, um, turkey legs, uh, cashews, almonds. All of these things are great sources of fat burner as opposed to using a fat burner supplement. So mm-hmm. for me, and I think I'm doing all right. Like I don't look like I'm 50. I look like I'm. I look like I'm. A, I'm an unattractive 35 year old. So I think um, you definitely didn't look 50. That's for darn sure. <laughs> he's like, yeah, if he's 35, maybe. 
I do them. But, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me, and it's worked for me, and I'm bringing this to your attention, there are so many foods that have everything that a supplement that you would need to take. Um, mm -hmm. Like Brazil nuts, instead of taking a testosterone injection, it's Brazil nuts, um, a certain amount of Brazil nuts a week help you keep your test for men out there, keep you, help you keep your testosterone levels where you want. You can also so, do HIIT training. Yeah. Oh, dude. Increase test in HGH. There it is. <laughs> Man, Brazil nuts. Actually, in Brazil, I think they probably have all that stuff at the bodega, man. You need to go. I watch the UFC, man, and I'm like, I feel like every week someone pisses hot, dude. You know? John Jones told a story that he hid under the ring when the guy, the tester came, like a surprise test, and they have like a cage they train in and a ring. He crawled under and hid under the ring, and they told him he wasn't there because he smoked weed the night before. But, um, yeah how you feel it's about like, the legalization it's not that you don't know yes you know what i mean like they told you yet you're still stupid interesting <laughs> to quote stephen a smith too like like bullshit stuff now i'm not even talking about peds i'm talking about regular stupid banned substances yeah exactly stay off the weed that's what that's the quote of my boy from first take yeah Breathe. you need to make that a shirt and just put lots of ease. Bree, listen, I am for the legalization of marijuana because all of my friends are chill, all right? To quote Jesse Ventura, you never saw someone smoke a joint and go home and beat their wife. It's always alcohol. These guys think they're Elvis. This girl thinks she's Madonna. So, no, but but with that being said, if you know, like you just said, if you know the rules and you know it's a banned substance, especially if you're getting paid. If you're like one of these guys in the big three basketball or whatever, they offer you a $10 million contract for three years or two years, and all you have to do is stay off the weed? Mm -hmm. Bray, have you ever seen a joint that was worth $10 million? It's that easy. No, I never saw a joint that was worth $10 million. So, mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> so what are you doing after this? <laughs> Let's get high. Um, <laughs> your first main draw. What was your first main draw? My first what? Main draw. First main it's draw. It's not what you thought it oh. was. What's your my first, first main My draw? first tournament with Brittany Teagues. My first AVP ever. Which one was that? New Orleans, 2016. New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was a fun trip. Was that fun? Yeah, my mom and I drove up because I we couldn't find flights that I had to be back for school for so we had to drive. Did you meet Sean Ladig there? No. Do you know Sean Ladig? No. He is this, I know the name. I've not met this, um talk about people who are old that just look ridiculous. I'm a little gay for him I think maybe. Um yeah, he played with Cameron Beans in New York, I think in 2017, and they had to play Ricardo in the qualifier of the first round. So, But um, mm -hmm. he's an older guy, and right now he's coaching more than playing. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I just threw it out there. I thought maybe you might know him or, or I've met him. But he, no. he's, he's an absolute hunk. And, um, and you made with, with Teagues. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. That was the year John Mayer won with Darity. I think the, the Mayer and Darity won the men. Potentially. I still didn't know what I... I was doing back then so and i'm pretty sure i still don't know what i'm doing but <laughs> good as long as you do that you're always trying to be a better version of yourself you know in competition with yourself yeah Never go wrong. now something that i get about you i didn't do it 
I didn't ask around about you, but this is my guess. You strike me as the type of partner where you don't have to deal with your partner. Do you know what I'm talking about? You mean like people don't have to check up on me or? There are certain uh, uh, powerful personalities that their emotional ups and downs. Um, Mm. Sometimes you have to, that's something you have to, certain players can Mm -hmm. either ride that wave with them or yeah. or they can't swim when the wave the wave crashes right mm-hmm. you drown and she's still swimming that's if if so that's a that's good a metaphor as i could describe to mm-hmm. um to uh, bait the question to you um well, I think, are you good as far as, as where people don't have to deal with you i i think i've become that person um i i think that you'd have to put aurora on the spot she wouldn't say anything bad about me anyways um <laughs> No, no, on camera. But you you have to have some sort of emotional awareness and you know awareness for your partner and then also for yourself, you know. And Free really helped me a lot with this because we played a lot together in 2019, and we yeah mostly 2019 we played like I think every Florida tournament together, and then we played Austin and then Man- Manhattan no, Rosa yeah no Huntington was the first one yep. Um, but you, you have emotional awareness for yourself and then for somebody else. And, you know, your, your partner's allowed to play bad, you know, and it's going to happen and you're allowed to play bad and it's going to happen. It's just how you respond. Um, but for the most part, I would say that I am generally pretty loud, (laughs) um, a little, I mean, I can get up and down like the rest of us can. I think I've become better at reeling myself in, but yeah. Well, yeah, big waves crash. Mm-hmm. Big waves crash, right? Sometimes well, it you, too. You try to keep your highs a little bit lower than your actual high, but then you want to bring your lows up, right? And maintain a consistency, which consistency has always been my problem because I'm the big, strong, you know, power hitter, you know, it's, so it's consistency that you, I've been trying to learn over time, which is, you know, the older you get, the easier it is. Yeah. You know, Bree, for um, for me as a coach, I always teach my players so they can just draw a picture in their head. For mm-hmm. every five points you get on the, on the high, you're going to give up nine on the low if you're too high. Mm-hmm. For, unless, there, look, there are a few unicorns out there, and I've said this mm-hmm. on my podcast numerous times. Um, Fallon Fonoy Moana. Right. Mm-hmm. She, she could start high. She could stay high. All right. But that that is one of those people you call a unicorn. And that's that's the one we take back to the lab, you know, and we like studied so we could just understand her a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So you talk about a poised player who's played at a very high level for a very long yes, time. But so but, how much training yeah. has she had? I think that's a huge part of that. You yeah. Know? And, um, and, and her culture. She's half black, half Samoan. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So in her culture, they 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 can ride that wave. But mm-hmm. for certain people, I have I listen, I had a grass doubles partner in New York, you know, East Coast, we play a lot of grass, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a grass court partner, this crazy dude from Harlem, Bernard Norman. They called him Satan. And 
I'm like, why the hell isn't anybody playing with him? Because he's absolutely crazy. The dude has something to say every single play. He's like, hey, uh -huh. who put this child in front of me? Can I get another blocker? Can you get me someone else? I mean, every play, da -da 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 -da, this and that. And and I played with him and I won out. And I played with him and I won out. And I played with him and I won out. And then we just became really close friends because mm -hmm. there are certain personalities that if you have a unicorn like Fallon, there's certain mm -hmm. personalities that can ride with her. And then there's certain personalities. If she plays like that, she's going to drown him. Right. Yeah. She I, How many times have you seen a player like that argue about a call with a ref? Right. And then the very next play, their partner gets aced. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I love like, cause you have to find a way to compliment your partner and it's not all your partner's responsibility. Right. So it's how can I make them better in a certain situation, whether it's, you know, being supportive, being extra, you know, being extra loud, being more calm, you know? Um, and I loved Fallon and pre playing together because Fallon allowed pre to play at pre like that's how she played. Yeah. And um, it, it just gives you goosebumps because, like, that's how she's supposed to play. Like, when, when Free and I played together, I know she didn't get to play like Pre um, because she had to stay more even keel for me. But Fallon being a, um, a better, more consistent, she's, you know, blocker. Um, she, you know, it was really wonderful to see Pre be able to play her game. She's, um, she's a savage, dude. She's oh, I love her. I love Be her. Before we before we talk about Fallon, um, I want to say something really cool about Pre. There are certain partners where I call them emotionally inter interchangeable. Um, mm. No, sorry, control inter interchangeable. Pre is the type of character and volleyball player as well that, it, depending on her partner, if she needs to take control, she will. And if she mm. needs to give up control, she will. Not everyone is interchangeable. There are certain personalities that they have to they have to, to have they have to have control. And maybe they're control freaks or maybe they're not. Maybe they just have to have control. Yep. And then the certain partners are like, no, you know what? I'm 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 the physical beast, but you're gonna have to lead this, you're gonna have to steer this ship with us or whatever. Yeah. And and well, that is and Bree, that is a reality because there are no fifty, there's no such thing as fifty fifty control in a partnership. It doesn't exist. It really, I mean, there. Look, there's some, there's some fifty-five, forty-fives. All right, I see you ready to disagree, but, but they ain't no fifty-fifties. So that's the thing I really liked about pre. How much, how much of that? How right am I on that one? Uh, I would definitely say pre likes to be more control than not. Um, but you, I mean, why wouldn't you want to put her at the helm? The woman's got so much freaking experience, you know. And I, I love playing with her because I'm I'm the type of player who I can either I can do either as a blocker I really like when my defender has more ideas and Pri and I would have like five calls on offense for you know, or five calls on defense which whatever it's such a situation and scenario was how it changed like we had a different defense so just it's she's a great person to learn from and you know you talk about emotionally aware people she is extremely emotionally aware yeah she's and, really good like um, that <laughs> she's she's taught me a lot of that and um kind of beat it out of me if you will but yeah she's she's great she's been an amazing mentor yeah i enjoyed watching you and her play i enjoyed watching her and fallon play um had fallon on the podcast a couple of months ago um 
And I had her on because I really thought she had something she wanted to say about like the whole racial climate, like that whole situation. And Mm -hmm. certain people want to be politically correct because they don't want to feel like they're picking a side. But Mm -hmm. Fallon kind of broke her silence and she just I just I mean, maybe it took some nudging on my part. I think you if you know anything about me, you probably you probably say I instigated it. <laughs> you probably say it's all Jason's fault. But mm-hmm. I really, really like that she spoke her mind about about that because it was important for Fallon's people. not gonna not speak her mind, which is right. why I love Fallon. Yeah. She and she ain't got a backpedal. I really like that. You know? Mm-hmm. And she also took a situation that seemed like it was being hijacked by politics. And just brought the humanity back into it, you know, like certain things, cer- there are certain movements that are a human rights movement or, a sur- you know, some people's basic instinct and survival movement that sometimes if there's certain politicians that, that hijack the narrative uh, and if you are a supporter of a certain political party, you feel like you have to fall into that, um, what do you call it, tribalism, right? Mm-hmm. I would say tribalism is the biggest enemy of dialogue, <laughs> you know, because you already come in, you know, listen, I, I come into this conversation with you. There's certain things I have my mind made up, but my mind's not closed. Yeah. My mind's no, not closed. Sure. You know? Open-mindedness gets you a hell of a lot farther than closed-mindedness, right? And um, mm-hmm. if you're willing to listen to understand versus listen to hear, right, you get, you can pick up a lot more. Um but I had a, a good friend bring it up to me the other day. Um, it was, um, if we if we just stop talking about it, maybe everything will normalize, you know? But um, we'll see. It's been going on for so long, it's probably not gonna change, but we'll see. <laughs> that's true. I, that's very wise, actually. Some people, to me, there, it depends on the situation, because there's some situations like stop talking about it is equivalent to not paying your 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 cell phone bill <laughs> a month later <laughs> the bill don't go away <laughs> in fact now you owe more money <laughs> the next month so so if I, you want to fight people are going to want to fight and it's yeah. you know who knows yeah, how long it's true man i mean you just want to pick the battles where everybody doesn't lose no right um all right this question came in for you Mm. volleyball and relationships have you ever lost a boyfriend of volleyball to volleyball or kicked him out of volleyball <laughs> well shit. No. you got something you want to say go ahead Bree. no i don't i don't it's not worth the time um but no i haven't you know um so, i'm a very so, I'm very myself, you know, if you're not willing to ride the ride, it's, you know, the ride's closed. So, <laughs> so I'll put it like That's this, I do. I'll put it like this when I had a um, kind of a breakup and when she left, she said, you already have a girlfriend <laughs> and closed the door behind her. <laughs> why why make the comment yeah i'm just like i went okay cool (laughs) (laughs) what am i supposed to say about that she's right (laughs) you know you got to share it you know 
Yeah. My, my obsession with this sport, and I always tell people um, that I play this sport completely selfishly. You know, it's what I do for myself. Um, the constant self-exploration for something better um, to fight within yourself, right? Um, whether it's strength, whether it's technique, um, you know, and I'm constantly learning. And it's something that allows me to, you know, to learn about me, not just, you know, be a professional, you know what I mean? Um, I learn a heck of a lot more about myself as a person and I have um, by, by playing this game and, and, you know, continuing to work out and it's, it's been great, you know, and, yeah. and I love it. You know, you're obsessed with the process and you have to be invested in it. Well, the but, guy, yeah, that's right. Got it. Ding. Um, I don't even know where that's coming from. <laughs> Listen, I think it's on my computer, but I can't turn it no, off. No, leave it, leave it. Because every time you say something correct, it goes off. So I think, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I think the difference between you and a lot of athletes is you, once you, 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 all right, you got volleyball, you've been snake bitten. You're infected with the volleyball virus, right? There's no known cure. There's no fucking vaccine for it. Sorry, people out there. No. <laughs> um, so I had to, I had to get that part out of the way. The difference between you and a lot of people is once your obsession or passion or neurological addiction, once this this escapism has become your career, you at least have something else outside of that to help compartmentalize where it allows you to come in and out like whatever. Because there are some people... Um, God, I hate to use Ty Trambley again, or, or there's certain players, but there's a Ty Trambley type player where you got to tell him um, the job can't save your ass. Mm -hmm. it, sa it saved you and it did make you a better person. And you do have this one thing that you do really well that people take the journey and they follow you and this and that. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, the job, the job, the job can't save your ass. Do you ever watch, mm -hmm. do you ever see The Wire? HBO, not. HBO, Dominic know. West, definitely listen, the be, um, one of the best five shows ever on television. It was mm -hmm. a miniseries. Check it out. Um, Dominic West plays a detective, McNulty, this okay. Baltimore cop, absolute douchebag, cheats on his wife, you know, bangs, what, drinks whatever he can drink, bangs whatever he can bang. And he does this one thing really, really well. He's good police. Mm -hmm. So for him... Once he takes down a case, it's on to the next one, it's on to the next one, it's on to the next one, because for him, it's what makes his blood boil, and it's what gives him a rush, and it's the only way he feels like he can, I guess metaphorically speaking, stay alive. But at the end, and I'm not giving away too much, but at the end, his partner told him, dude, he says, the job can't save your ass. You know, mm -hmm. you taking down this case, taking on that case or whatever, the job cannot, the job at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you get old and you look back retrospectively with very few regrets mm -hmm. moving forward as far as evolving, it can't save your ass. And that's why I think you've already, you've already won. You've won a lot of tournaments and you definitely have um, a, a pedigree of volleyball that, that commands respect that just goes with be, being Bree Scarborough. But you, to me, I think, just looking at you from the outside and you've, you've already won in so many ways, realizing that, you know, so, Thank you. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's supposed I've to be been, a conversation, but shit, <laughs> I 
I, I feel like Eminem. I'm saying everything you were about to say. It's, it's like eight mile or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've, um, for me, it's always been a goal of taking advantage of every opportunity and using it to the fullest. And um, as of right now, I would never do anything differently. I would fight the good fight for this same life over and over again. Yeah. And, um, and the, on my necklace, it says live a great story. And I just fell in love with that whole idea of living a great story. It doesn't even mean you have to do cool stuff, but, um, just if you live every moment, you're, you know, and inherently a good person or whatever, and you just do the best you can with every situation, then eventually it's going to work out. Um, of, of course we all want, you know, better what, you know, if, if we didn't, we'd be stagnant and nothing else would happen. But, um, I, I've really, really enjoyed the ride so far and I'm excited for the rest of the ride. So, so you love your life. I can't complain. <laughs> I can't complain. Me neither. But, Honestly, yeah. amidst this pandemic and the way this whole year has gone, the, a year that I think I speak for both of us, we just want to race from a human footprint, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we could just call two, a 2000, next year 2020 all over again and just forget this year happened, right? <laughs> celebrate, my, you know, <laughs> celebrate my 50th proper, but but I'm, look, I'm with you. I got, I got to... Um, Leave my leaving my nine to five, which I never really wanted to do. And uh, mm -hmm. retrospectively, I'm not a nine to five person. And mm -hmm. anyone out there, man, I, w I wish everybody, you know, if you're not a nine to five person, man, do what you can to get the hell out. And, you know, because there are some people, look, the nine to five is their career. They can't wait to be there at this time. And for them, I say good for you. But yeah. me coaching and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got to yeah. do what you hate in order to get to do what you love. Yeah, I mean, so. look. What am I doing, right? I, I wanted to serve in the military. I served. You know, I wanted to do theater performance. I did a bunch of shows in, in New York. I want to coach volleyball. I've been doing that. You know, I wanted to, someone I could share that with. I got a, I got a hot, I got a hot chick in the house somewhere. There you, know, you go. Didn't really think about a kid, but when, once we had one, you know, she's like this little white haired, look like Queen Denarius. You know, it looks like if you ever seen Game of Thrones, she looks like a baby mm -hmm. Denarius, big blue eyes and. Mm -hmm. you know where's her emotions on her face so mm -hmm. yeah so but even amongst this pandemic in this shitty year i can say i can't complain <laughs> and and i think it's you know and it's similar to when for volleyball players right it's similar to when the avp went down in 2011 right you've kind of catch a reality check on where you are you know and and in this year, I have never been more happy with getting into school, getting a good job, like all that stuff. You know what I mean? And I've never been a all of my eggs in one basket kind of person. And um, it's it's paid off. And it and it's it's been scary for a lot of people. And it's been you know it. But I think it's been good for people, especially myself, to kind of reflect on. Where, where is this going? Like, why, why am I doing this? Do I want to continue to do what I'm doing? And um, like, who, who the heck knows what's going to happen next year? You know, um, we're all asking, when's the schedule going to come out? When's the schedule come out? Well, it's like, well, might have to have term tournaments in Florida, but, 
um, maybe we'll be more open-minded now. So yeah, um, Dave Palm's been lobbying for that hard. Everyone is. Yeah. Everyone is. I mean, you you got to hand it to to Florida. We've got some good teams. Um, so and I mean, the weather isn't terrible all the time. I mean, if we did it like in between February and March, or we did it in the fall, we could have tournaments all the time. Just when you want to do that July tournament, that's a terrible freaking idea. And we know it. <laughs> no doubt. No but, doubt. Um, you know, no I, I think it's opening a lot of a lot of doors. And, you know, we've had tournaments here and we've had more California players playing here and they've just in, enjoyed the atmosphere, you know. And so it's just exciting to get to see them on our turf for a change, you know, and we we get to show them, you know, who, who we are kind of. So, yeah. Well, I mean, just who you are as people is, is a big plus is already when who you guys are as competitors has always been there. It's always been existence. Yeah. It's always been, um, all, all pretty much all present and all knowing, right. I mean, Phil and mm -hmm. Nick live in Florida. I mean, they're not Californians per se. Dave Palm, yeah. Dave Palm took Dylan Merrick and beat, you know, beat case beer and shock after they won Seattle. So, I mean, it's not like Florida as an, as a volleyball state, has to play the validation game, which, which to to me, I always found disgusting. I mean, I'm I'm throwing up in my mouth just talking about Florida. You know why Florida is good? I shouldn't have to, right? I, I'm as a New Yorker. I don't. I don't. I'm not comfortable with talking about stuff that people should already fucking know. But um, <laughs> true. Um, yeah, but but big up to you guys. Big up to North Carolina. You know. Oh my gosh, my boy, Texas. Big up to my boy yeah, Kevin Knight. Kevin Knight, if you ever met Kevin Knight, he um, Myrtle Beach. Oh, Cookie Man. Yes. I know well, he's watching here somewhere. Yeah. Hey, Look, I don't know if the two of you guys are single, but uh, as far <laughs> as like me playing matchmakers concerned, let me tell you something. That that that's that's a hunky smart dude. You 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 want around you want around the house, man. He, he, he is a hunky smart dude. Yeah, <laughs> he is. And he's also he's an absolute dork for girls like you too. I swear to you. <laughs> yes, he, he just he's gets, probably Instagram messaging me right now. <laughs> you know, he, he's, but I like that guy a lot. Uh, God, we just—he's oh, a great guy. He's do, a great are, guy. Do we have like yeah. a? A goal to have like 10 nice people before the podcast is over. I think we're on seven right now or something like that. <laughs> we need to make a t-shirt. Yeah, we mentioned Theo Brunner before the podcast, I think, before we went on the air. Um, mm -hmm. Mayor Aurora. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. I could go on and on. The Aurora. Um, Rob the Aurora. Robert. Yeah. McLean's McLean, he ain't a nice guy. Rob McLean's not a nice guy. <laughs> No, nope, nope. <laughs> um, he's, I don't know if you watch previous podcasts. We have something called Sports Debate Tuesday. That's uh -huh. that's the guy I debate with every um every Tuesday. We do football, basketball, and MMA just for uh -huh. just for volleyball people. It's a podcast <laughs> for volleyball people to escape. And 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 of course, just like this podcast, it's no longer Brie, it's no longer a volleyball podcast. I got infectious disease people. I got, you know, theater performers, uh, That's film, awesome. film actors, and episode 71. And, and I got Brie with me. I got Brie with me. Brie, where were you when COVID shut down? Um, Florida. Did it ever shut down Florida? <laughs> you guys are acting like it's fucking spring break when everybody else was shutting down. Yeah. Um, well, it was March, and right. I was still working my, I was still PRN, which is as needed, but I was working like 40 hours a week for the hospital I work at, just all over the place. Um, and, you know, tournaments just kind of fell off. 
you know, the, we started getting shut down at public beaches and then we, you know, Tampa Bay beach bums started getting creative and found some private locations to run tournaments. Guess what? You can't shut that down. So, and they don't uh, want to, they don't really want to because you're doing it right. Why would they want to shut down someone? God, I just interrupted you, but why would they want to shut down a bunch of people who find a way to do it? Social, social distance, safe, if that's a word. Um, yeah, why not do it? But also, you know, you're encouraging activity, being outside, vitamin D. What is the number one cause? Inactivity, vitamin D deficiency, morbid obesity. Two thirds of the population have low vitamin D. Two thirds of the po- of the American population. Just go outside. Yeah. Eat well and exercise. Yeah. And eat some damn, get some damn salmon in your life. You ain't got to be taking some supplements. Eat a piece, eat some, get some salmon in your life and but work out. You know what? Exercise you can't take a pill for. No. So nine times out of 10 people don't want to do that. You know, I, I see very, very, very sick people all the time. And, you know, and it's, it's not easy. Um, when, I don't know if you've ever gotten out of a exercise routine or, you know, um, just trying to get back into the, like, this is what I do every day. You know what I mean? And what, what do you have to do to make it a little bit easier? You know, sometimes you have to get a personal trainer or sometimes you like for me, Jess Wilson is, is my girl. I call her she's ready to work out at midnight she's ready to work out at 5 a.m you know like you gotta find I that love person it. you call her on your phone and you're like yo yo you up <laughs> i'm like dude i know it's late but i get out of work at 10. you want to go run some drills let's <laughs> so, do it you and me but girl it's hard to find people like that and when you find like that's a unicorn if you want to say unicorn that's a unicorn right yeah. there but um I'm fortunate to have people like that in my life that I can just call and be like, Hey, you want to work out? Yeah. I just think if people take a more boring approach to it, they'd be more productive and physical, keeping themselves in physical shape. Like oh, so I'm ex-military approach. Glad you asked. I'm, I'm ex-military. Cause I'm not boring. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I don't do boring. <laughs> no, but, but lifestyles. The more boring okay. it is, the more productive it is. Like if you know you work, you work out two o'clock every day. You don't think about working out. You just get up, right? If your food is it boring or is it regimented? Regimented. Which right. regimen is boring? Sorry, it just is. Oh, my life runs on regimen. So all right, let me tell you how I've kept myself in shape during COVID. Okay. First of all, I've ne- I've never used a gym. I visited mm. gyms and and I've mimicked some people and I've and I've helped people prepare. I'm ex-military. I, everything that I need, my body provides. You just got to know how to use it, right? So, for example, my girlfriend, um, who's, who's a gym rat, you know, COVID, no gym. We moved the cars out of the garage and we created something called a military ring of fire. Military ring of fire is 13 stations where each station is a particular exercise. That station is the mountain climbers. This one's the wall sit. This mm-hmm. one is, you know, an advance. If you're doing jump reverse, if it's easy, you got the duffel bag on your back. Mm-hmm. So, and you do the jump reverse. So each station is 60 seconds, actually a 10 second transfer from one station to the other. So mm-hmm. 13 stations, you go around the world three times. So it's, it's a 39 minute workout. And mm-hmm. you tell yourself, this only takes 40 minutes. 39 minutes. And when you tell yourself how, how long this is going to take or how short should I say, you're just going to fucking do it. Mm 
But if you feel like it's going to feel like a two hour workout, then you're probably psychologically not motivated to work out. So for me, the more boring, the better. I, when I got out of the military, Brie, I blew up 265 pounds, mm-hmm. 265, got married, got divorced, got depressed. And all of a sudden I went to a trainer who was a pharmaceutical rep for Pfizer. And she told me, what are you eating? Uh, how many times a day are you eating? She didn't want to hear about gym time. She didn't want to hear about pushups. And she just gave me a few tips. I started eating five times a day, smaller portions. Mm-hmm. And I just started riding my bike to places. And then I started doing stairs, which is mm-hmm. stairs is the ultimate cross trainer for every, every sport you will ever play in your life, including mm-hmm. a sport that sucks like golf. Um, <clears throat> so I took a year, took a year and I lost 65 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm, ne- and I've never looked back 65 yeah. pounds right now. I walk around 205, 210. In a, in a perfect world, I'd like to be 200 even because I'm 6'1", but my, if you look where my shoulders are and you look where my hips are, that's, that's me, you know. Mm-hmm. Even in the military, I came out of boot camp 199, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, you're 6'1", one at your height, you're supposed to be 195. I'm like, look at me, <laughs> you know, no. So, but that's what I meant by boring. That's yeah. what I meant by boring. And, and I don't know, maybe, we, maybe our interpretation of boring or maybe the, the, um, the terminology or <laughs> of of how I used to describe it is not something you agree with, but that for me that's it is what it is. Whatever works it is. for you. Yeah, man. It's not like it's not working, right? It's working. I think, yeah. I think I'm all right. <laughs> um and it's good for what you're doing, right? You know, mm-hmm. if I don't know that I would get the same results for myself when you're trying to perform, right? True. And first, for me, I love throwing weights down. Mm-hmm. So it's always, a barbell is always going to be a part of my life. There it is. Yep. So. Always. I mean, mm-hmm. and you are already, a prof- it's in your profession. It's in your wheelhouse. You're not going to do it like an idiot, right? Like, there's a oh, difference. I've, I've been training at this for, like I said, 12 years. Yeah. I've been Olympic weightlifting. So no, it's, you, it's you, you, you learned it, you master it, and you teach it. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. That's, that's like, that's coaching, right? You learn the game, you master it, you teach it. That's, yeah. and that's you. You're a life coach in that respect, especially in the physical form. So, yeah, I mean, like, think about indoor volleyball and outdoor volleyball. The way you trained for indoor high level and the way you trained for beach is, infinitely different <laughs> we train like idiots for indoor volleyball <laughs> you know like the shock on your knees your back and this and that oh my goodness i think that a lot of trainers got thrown into training beach volleyball players uh, or indoor volleyball players i think that we were trained a lot like football players to begin with and that wasn't correct and yeah. not nothing against them i've worked with a lot of excellent strength and conditioning coaches but it's just it's it's hard to train volleyball players because we do in here we jump a lot and i think if there was more conversation between and and trust between um strength and conditioning athletic training and the coaches themselves because i've i've worked with plenty of volleyball coaches and i know of plenty of volleyball coaches from you know hearing different stories that there's no trust and the the head volleyball coach always wants to be in control um but you have to like any good business you have to delegate right 
and you have to trust that they're going to do their job and do it appropriately. But you can't go and run the stuffings out of your team and expect them to also do conditioning um, with your strength and conditioning coach. Like they, like people have what they're supposed to do and you have them for a different job for a reason. So maybe we just didn't train as a whole properly. Right. Yeah. That wasn't. And volleyball was really the last to, to get on board with that because it's not a lot of money invested in it, right? Like, think about it. Like, I became a journalist. I didn't go to journalism school. You have to become a journalist. Volleyball players are the best improvisers uh, in, in any sport that I can possibly even fathom, right? Your truck breaks down. You can't afford to go to a mechanic. You just, I just, I just, uh, congratulations, you're a mechanic. <laughs> and you got to fix your own shit, right? Like, um what else podcasters right um i become a podcaster you mm-hmm. you know you become a physical therapist we, we we have to learn how to become other things because because our wheelhouse is not um in the in the big three popularity range you know i mean you, i could say the same thing about mixed martial arts you know mm-hmm. i mean the ufc blew up but before that right you you couldn't afford a trainer you had to you you became a physical therapist you had to you had to you became a dentist <laughs> No, it's kidding. I had to get kidding. that little piece of paper that says I can. Kidding about that. <laughs> so, um, it's one of the most exotic places you travel to for volleyball. Thailand was great. Thailand was great. Oh, Bangkok. Yeah. You and um, you guys won. You won. You and Aurora won Bangkok. Yes, we did. That's right. Mm-hmm. 2018. Cool, man. See, I did my homework. I did my homework. She's like, no, you just follow me, Jason. <laughs> um, I have a hot button topic that we can explore or not. Um, it's transgender athletes and sports. Um, one of my good. favorite uh, politicians, Tulsi Gabbard, got a lot of heat for um trying to pass a bill. It's called like the Women's Protection Act. but mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought it was filled with this heightened level of transphobia. So this is, and bear with me on this one, and, I, and the floor is yours. So that's one instance where I got upset, where I'm like, I think I don't think people are looking at it as a, as as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. And then a few months before that, a year before that, Joe Rogan on his podcast mm-hmm. was saying we need to have a, a conversation about transgender athletes. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know on the news, oh, Joe Rogan hates trans transgenders. Oh, he's transphobic. So I'd like to say one thing first, and this mm-hmm. is a segue for for you to for your opinion. One, mm-hmm. transphobia in the classic sense of the word is fear mm-hmm. uh, uh, and lack of understanding uh, mm-hmm. what you don't understand about transgenders as well mm-hmm. as the um, false embracement a false embracement of unfounded hierarchy meaning that you think one might be superior or inferior as a human being based on 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 what they are and what they want to be and that's the best Mm -hmm. i can do to translate that so for me i'm and i'm mirroring joe joe rogan's sentiment and maybe tulsi gabbard's when i say you can't not have a conversation the science as far as the science being understood and 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 the science collected it's still a work in progress this this whole thing is still a work in progress joe rogan only brought it up and joe rogan only brought it up because there was a fighter fallon fox Mm -hmm. that was a man 
that made the transformation into a woman. Mm -hmm. And before the allotted period, as far as the hormonal uh, stuff and this and that, which they mm -hmm. say should be about a, a year and a half, eight months out, he's taking, she's taking fights against female fighters and is just absolutely starching women. This one's got a broken face. This one's got a broken jaw. That one has a broken orbital bone and is just starching chicks. All right. And mm -hmm. I got two things from it. One, she has a loss on her record, which made me think, Shit, who was the woman that beat her? <laughs> who was the one, right? And I found out later it was Leslie Smith, who, who fought in the UFC for a while. And the mm -hmm. second thing was, why is it not okay to have a conversation about this? Your it's thoughts? It's because of closed-mindedness and just people want to fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for me, I, if you're whoever you want to be, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a man, like a fighter, right? They'll, you can die. <laughs> like at a biological level, regardless of what hormones say, you're a man fighting a woman. And that it's, it's not fair. Regardless of if we have the same test levels, whatever, it's still a man fighting a woman at the end of the day. Um, maybe we should have our own transgender section. I don't know. But if you are born a man, you should have to play male athletics. If you're born a woman, you should have to play female athletics. That's, that's where I'm at. Um, and it, it's just that that's where I lie. It's like, I think, um, Brazil has the first female transgender indoor volleyball player, yep. if I'm correct. Yep. And she's killing people, but she touches like almost 12 foot, something like that. Um, like, come on, like you should be playing a men's sport. Um, you know, I think it's great that they're embracing it, but it's like, it's not like even coming down to fairness level or whatever, but you should have to play the, the, that sport in the gender you were born in. Um, I don't know. And, and, you know, every person, you know, I probably have a lot more testosterone than a lot of of females. It's just, you know, you were naturally born that way and you were either born with, you know, a little bit of an extra edge or you weren't and it's called genetics and it's called epidemiology and all of these things, you know, and why are they're talking about having like grading athletes. So you have to, to play against your grade of athlete. Um, but then you're cut, you know, whatever they can, they compare runners all the time, you know, so-and-so performed well at these tests and so-and-so. So they would technically, you know, race at the same, but it's not the case, you know, technique plays a lot into it too, but genetics aren't going to lie at the end. Yeah. I mean, for me, the two sports that stuck out the most is one, the, the Brazilian player you were talking about. Because that, I mean, anyone in those that's that's on in the indoor volleyball scene or at least lingers lingers around to still watch it, um, and I do. I'm a big indoor guy. They knew about yeah. this female player. I don't know her. I don't know her name. Um, I'm a big MMA person. That's that's. I would say that's almost as much as my wheelhouse is volleyball these days, mm -hmm. um, but not quite. I mean, come on. There's there's <laughs> there's, there's that first love, right? Always. Where I was scared for women. When I watch, you know, when I when I watch Fallon Fox fight, I was scared how, for female how could, fighters. How could you not be though? Mm -hmm. It's a man fighting a woman, mm -hmm. like, yeah. and you you know going into it that you could die either way, whether you fight another woman or not. 
but you know your chances severely increase when it was a man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, the, the one thing I got out of it, maybe not the most, but like the humorous thing I got out of it was, was wow, good for you, Leslie Smith. <laughs> you know, you put yeah. that one loss on Fallon Fox's record. <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, if you take like, you have your, your best male fighter and your worst male fighter, your, your female is going to sometimes, you know, their best female might be your worst male. Yeah. We've seen it in tennis. We've seen it, you know, in, in other things, but mainly, you know. Look, I don't doubt that you could whoop my ass two out of ten times. <laughs> We're about the same height. I do have the reach on you. <laughs> and I, and girl, six three, I'm not six eight, though. That's right. And girl, and girl, I will start you from afar, <laughs> okay? <laughs> don't. You know, not Ike Turner, not this way. Bobby Brown, just that way. Just three fingers, stay back, stay back. <laughs> but um, no, I'm glad you said that because I think as far as the science is concerned, a lot of the people who, who think it's okay, and my uh, the people that I've talked to are usually the same people that always refer to the science when it comes to every other single debate. Uh, that that I have with them, they're always like, "Oh, I rely on the data, or I rely on the science collected." I, and and I say science collected, not the science period. And they right? probably haven't played right. or done that sport. Right. Like, yeah. So, come on. I just for me, I just wanted to get around to actually actually asking women because the issue rarely comes up when a woman wants to play in a man's sport. A transgender woman no. wants to play in a man's sport. Yeah. And I don't think that's okay either. You no. know, and you, that the soccer player who just kicked for where was it vanderbilt yeah vanderbilt i didn't want to be wrong but yeah. um, that wasn't a trans that was that it, was a straight up woman no no i'm but it's a female playing a man's sport right i don't think that should be allowed either right they're not allowed to play our sport because of whatever a woman should not be able to play a man's sport that's just how it should be mm-hmm. you know an excellent excellent soccer player from what i understand and you know good for her for her being the position but you know, Vanderbilt was kind of in a, in a bind there. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it should just be a hard and fast rule. We don't have to get, you know, phobic about it, but, um, no, we're you, not even talking about, but we're not even talking about phobia. We're talking about the general science. Yeah. Uh, bone. We're talking about bone density. We're talking about hormonal. Yeah. We're talking about testosterone. Testosterone versus testosterone replacement therapy. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm got Dude, you're the first woman I asked about that. <laughs> and uh, honestly, and I, I, for me, I didn't want to talk about it anymore until I got around to actually talking to women. And I've talked to tra- a transgender athlete who's like, she's basically five foot six. Or you know, he 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 turned into she's five foot six, and she's like, "Look, I'm not gaining any advantage playing on an eight foot net, you know, <laughs> um, um, playing co-ed or whatever and this and that." So I I just I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, and I don't put it in the same category of a woman wanting to be a, to be a a transgender athlete or a woman wanting to be a firefighter or or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, women in combat, I don't I don't classify that because if you look at the Israeli army, the the women are allowed to serve in the infantry and they they, they work out, breathe they work out just fine, <laughs> you know. So. Um, yeah. I think it's just more about not going so soft on someone versus what the science is actually telling us, right? Like if we're in the military, right, and you get hurt, and if I drag if I and if I, I rescue you, 
I feel mm-hmm. like I've gone soft. But if I rescue another man, I'm a hero. So, so there has to be that this level of thinking that started with men mm-hmm. that has to change for us to have a more uh, honest conversation. But the point well, I was trying to make, we have to have the conversation. Well, and I, I, it goes down to a cultural level too. You know, um, a lot of, I have, I have a lot of friends who are military and um, ex-military and yep. women haven't been allowed to, you know, be combative on front lines because the need to protect um, and that's a distraction, right? Um, which is a distraction is unsafe, um, which I completely understand. And that goes, you know, it's just, you know, an inherent thing as you're, as you're, you know, the man of the household or whatever, even if you're not even in relation with this person, it's, it's that, that distraction, the right. need to save, um, Definitely. you got to save yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. um, that that's how it's been explained to me from a male perspective in military in U.S. culture. Now, what it is in Israeli, I have no idea. But um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm ex-military. Every every male member of my family served. Um, mm-hmm. A big up to my sister Mary Beth, who was Gingrich. She's she's first female that served in our family. Two tours mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. So um, she loves it. She's like, she had ODD. She had um, oppositional defiance disorder. And I told my mom, I'm like, don't send it to the doctor. <laughs> send it to the army. <laughs> you want to, don't, don't give her pills. Don't give her medication. Send her to the army. You want to know the best way to knock out op- oppositional defiance disorder? For those of you that, that are listening, it basically, in layman's terms, it means I'll clean my room unless you tell me to. Then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's ODD. Knocked it right out of her. She comes back. She's like, oh, man, this army shit is a trip. That's what she said. So, so yeah, but that's me, my ex-military. In fact, I think I got, I'm going to show you in a minute. Actually, let's just zoom in on that. That's Those are my medals right there. It's my honorable discharge next to whatever. But that's that's all me, Gulf War vet. My father, Vietnam vet. Father before that, Korean War. Grandfather, grand father's side, World War Two, all the way, all the way to World War One. So, but oh my God! So man, that's it. I can't believe an hour and a half just flew by like that, dude. Yeah, right. So, is there anything, anything you want to ask me? No, actually, is there anything you um, any any particular site or whatever you want people to plug? Anything? Maybe maybe what you're working or what you, what you what you're doing with yourself that could be helpful to um, us as human beings to for mankind. Mankind. Sorry, people kind. Sexist. Canceled. Oh Shut up. I'm not even thinking about that. But and whoever is, you know, you need to calm down. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> first of all, just calm down. <laughs> um, no, I I started my own LLC, Empire Health and Performance. We're looking, hoping to launch in 2021. Um, super excited. Uh, UMR Sports Complex. We should hopefully have off the ground in early early uh, February, January. And have uh, do some training and some tournaments there. So I'm super excited. But got a lot of stuff cooking. 2021 is going to be fun. Nice. Cool. For volleyball players, any, any um, place to follow you? 
yeah. Just on your Instagram handle, which I'll, yeah. I'll have up on the podcast on on the um, how should I say the the real version? Because we just we actually got knocked out of every version. We got knocked off a live Facebook Live, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm just doing this just off the recording device because I know we're not gonna get shut down again. But right. that's cool. So. For everybody else, Bree Scarborough might love you, but I can't stand you, all right? So we're out of here. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, for all of you on your iPhone, for all of you on your Droid, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For this young lady, this alpha female, Bree Scarborough, this is episode 71 of the Option Podcast. I am Jason DeBellius, and we're out of here. We say... So long. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.